Matt Wright, and Spike Cohen. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, real big, really nice white fish. Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. What? <coughs> really, really big, really, I'm clearly missing Re- it. Real, real big. Real big. Really nice white fish. You didn't well, listen to so much for... in the 90s. I... Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to this amazing episode. <laughs> this scottastic episode of the Muddy Waters of Freedom. Uh, check us out everywhere. All social media platforms. All uh, podcasting platforms. Uh, wherever you are listening to or watching this right now, be sure to like it. Subscribe to us. Follow us if you haven't already. Do all those different things. Do all the various things that you do on whatever that platform is. And if you're on Facebook, comment, like, like other people's comments. Comment on their comment to say that you like their comment, to get them to like your comment. And, of course, be sure to share this. Uh, Give the gift of muddied waters today. Kids love it. Kids love it. First and foremost, allow me to thank Justin for the kava I am drinking on today's episode. And allow me to thank Kroger for this for this one i got water full of vanaka full of vanaka oh man so uh, i might end up falling asleep part way through this because i had right before we went live i finally ate uh after like all day long i hadn't eaten and i had this giant plate of shrimp and uh bunch of other stuff and i'm so i'm just i'm the carbs are setting in now i can't eat what you had yeah no that's true because the, the shrimp part it, was a major right it would it would literally kill me in there everything else you could have had though not if it touched the shrimp well the shrimp was in there pretty heavy <laughs> so i mean and you it was all cooked yeah. together so you couldn't add it but um but I could. Yes. So there is that. Uh, this episode, of course, is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing and second largest caucus in the Libertarian Party. Join the movement that is taking over the Libertarian Party uh, by going to the Facebook group Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. Uh, you can also get some Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus gear by going to the Muddy Waters Media Store at muddywatersoffreedom.com slash store. You can get all sorts of fun stuff there, including Waffle House Caucus buttons and shirts. The Gravy King, Joe Solosky. Uh Joe Solosky is running for uh, governor of Pennsylvania. Uh, he is the key to Pennsylvania's success. And if you'd like to help Joe become the first libertarian governor ever, then you can go to joesoloski.com. That's J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I.com. Jack Casey is selling these books. What are they about? I will never know, and I'm never going to find out. But you should. These books, I'm sure, are fantastic, and uh, you can find out and let us know so that we'll feel better about continuing to take money to sell them uh, by going to theroyalgreen.com. Is Jack Casey a cult leader? Well, you're not going to believe what you find out by reading the Royal Green in Silver Throned and crowned it by gold at the Royal Green 
Thomas Thomas Queter is running for state senate. And he actually, this isn't true anymore. We're not, actually uh, Thomas Queter is running for something else. So we're gonna just we're gonna wait till he updates us. So anyway, but he is still crippled. Uh, Defy the power <laughs> and stitches and glitches. If you go to Defy the Power and Stitches and Glitches today, you can get the best and most finely crafted uh, tumblers on earth. They keep your hots hot, they keep your colds cold, they keep your lukewarms lukewarm. And if you go to, uh, and I, uh, breaking news, breaking. the muddy tum, breaking the muddy, news. breaking news, not the tumblers, they don't break, but the, uh, the code muddy tumbler that we have been advertising uh, for quite some time. <laughs> Even though it hasn't been online for a very long time, uh, if if for no other reason than we keep mentioning it, uh, the fine folks over at Defy the Power and Stitches and Glitches have reactivated it, uh, probably because they kept being accused of being liars, uh, even though it was entirely our fault. But anyway, so if you use the code Muddy Tumblr, you too can benefit from our refusal to update our own graphics. We should we should just start making uh, make up discounts <laughs> at massive companies, and then have people go. Well, I guess we have to sponsor them now. Like I I don't know. This, this episode is brought, brought to you by, by Target. Budweiser. This yeah, Budweiser <laughs> by Target by Costco. Costco bringing you the Muddy Waters discount of fifteen percent on all products by simply going in and screaming at the top of your lungs about Muddy Waters Media. <laughs> And refusing to leave until the manager comes uh, in and comps you. I have an awkward question for you. Yes. Okay. What mic are you using? The one I always use. Why do I sound bad? You, I have an echo, so I'm hoping that it's on your end and not mine because I just tried to fix everything this weekend. Hmm. Folks, are you hearing an echo from me? If you are, that is, I can't believe it because we don't have audio problems. It, there, it sounds good on their <laughs> end. So it's you. Okay. Yeah. Neat. All right. Fantastic. Cool. So, yeah, no echo. Everyone's, everyone's saying it's you. It's me. It's you. It's you. Fine. It's you. It's me. So before we get started with this show, uh, uh, I fixed Matt, it. Matt, you're what's that? I fixed it. Well, that's I had you coming through two different sources into my head. Well, I'm glad you fixed that. Uh, now, uh, Matt, you're going to uh, to tell the folks about yes. uh, something pretty intense yes. that happened and, and how they can help. So, right. So, um, we hate starting any show on a downer, um, but uh, knowing this person the way that i know this person uh she she is not somebody who is going to look at it like she will come out of this uh with a fantastic viewpoint on life she is amazing but uh one of my friends a dear friend of mine and uh of my family's uh claire bridges uh she is young she is 20 years old um i've been friends with her for a couple of years now i'm good i'm better friends with her older sister and uh her older sister's boyfriend uh her sister and her sis one of her sisters and her sister-in-law are her sister and brother-in-law are huge fans of this show and uh the everybody that i know from this family is just a wonderful 
wonderful human being. Yeah. But Claire, Claire Bridges was admitted to Tampa General Hospital on Sunday, January 16th, uh, because she had severe leg pain. Um, she was diagnosed with COVID myocarditis. Rab, rhabdomyolysis, rhabdomy, rhabdomyolysis. I don't know how to say that. Yes. Rhabdomyolysis. I think you said it right. Yep. Okay. Uh, mild, mild pneumonia, uh, cyanotic. I should have looked these words up before this and uh, had acidosis. Um, while she was in there, her heart stopped and they were administered, uh, giving her CPR. She coded three times uh, during this. Um, and then she had to go the next on Tuesday, she had to go back into the operating room to get a fasciotomy. Fasciotomy? because the pressure was building in her legs and not allowing blood to flow. Um, Claire, is an, Claire is an aspiring model. She is somebody that when she walks into a room, every single person like just gets happier. Yeah. Uh, she yep. is absolutely a wonderful person and uh, just a just a great human being. She is caring. She is sweet. She is always yep. kind. Um, and it turns out that they had to amputate both of her legs. And so obviously this, uh, is a very financially burdening time for her and her family. Um, and so we, um, I was asked by members of her family to talk about it on the show. And if you find it in your heart to give that QR code will lead to a GoFundMe. I know everything going on with GoFundMe in Canada right now, that that's not what this is about. Uh, but if you find it in your heart to give uh, this QR code will uh, allow you to donate to her uh, medical bills and to paying for her physical therapy and to kind of giving her something to because she's not going to be able to work for a while this will help her like stay afloat while she's dealing with all of this um, if you can find it in your heart to give I can say that this is one of the kindest most caring people in the world and I would and I know how grateful she would be to everybody that is helping out so if anybody out there uh finds it in your heart to give this is the qr code uh did we decide and uh we just posted the donation link yeah we just posted and the donation link um what we're probably going to do for future episodes is put up a, a smaller qr that will stay on the screen somewhere uh what i'm going to do is throughout the episode uh, we'll mention this, and I'll 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 keep putting the donation link in the uh, in the comments so they can get it too. Um, because if you're but, looking at it on your phone, that would be the thing that you would be getting the QR code from. So it's better to also have the link for them. So um, right, and uh, yeah, but yes, it it is a trying time, and I was asked not to make it political, and I told them that I wouldn't make it political, and I wouldn't talk about anything. What? The tragedy of what happened in my mind um, was a result 
of incompetence on the on the actions of two separate hospitals because before she got to the one that she's in now two separate hospitals said nope that is just a side effect of covid you're fine and if either one of them had admitted her and looked at her no this may have been avoided it may um, have. yeah but, we don't and we'll never know and that's the thing we won't know right we will we'll, we'll, we will never know and what i do know is that anything that anybody can give can help and yep. if we can uh come together as a community to help uh it will be greatly appreciated by everybody involved and uh she will she will be able to come back faster and just lighting up rooms in ways that she has never done before yeah because she is uh she is 20 and she's just getting started in life and this will be very helpful to get her to that next step so um thank you for that matt and uh, he i let matt talk because he pretty much had all the details i knew the basics but he knew that yeah. more of the details yeah and um, i'm good friends with pretty much everybody in that family like i, her, yeah. I know her her brother i'm the least close with but like anytime we see each other we talk for a good 15 20 minutes yeah yeah so hopefully we can help there and uh we will uh, continue to move on with the episode. We are starting with the Mudwater uh, Mushroom Coffee Replacement Cacao Rapid Fire segment brought to you by Mudwater Coffee Alternative. If you woke up today and said, Matt, Spike, I need a change in life. Things aren't going the way that I wanted them to. I mean, the coffee, that's not good, but I just there's just so much going on, things I don't understand. I... Why I went and met my new neighbor today, and I went out and I said, "Hey, neighbor, hey, how you doing? It's great to meet you." And the neighbor said, "Oh, no, I'm happy to meet you as well, and it's a pleasure to be here." And I said, "Oh, yeah, no. Uh, so, what do you do there, neighbor? I'm a whatever it is the hell you do. Uh, what a, I'm I'm that. Uh, so, what do you do, neighbor?" And the neighbor said, "Well, actually, I'm a professor of logic." over at the uh, University of uh, Science there. And, uh, and I said, whoa, logic? Well, what the hell is that? And uh, the, the professor says, oh, well, it's very confusing. It's really, it's a series of uh, syllogistic. Well, well anyway, it's, a, it's, it's easier to explain it uh, or to, to demonstrate it uh, than to explain it. And so my new neighbor, the professor, he says to me, uh, so do you, uh, for example, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you have a doghouse? And, uh, and I said, why, why, yes, I do. And he said, well, if you have a doghouse, then that, of course, must mean that you uh, have a dog. And I said, well, 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 great day in the morning there. Yeah, of course, I've got a dog. And, uh, and he said, well, if you've got a dog, then I, I, I'm guessing that you've, uh, you've got a house. And I said, yeah, of course, I'm your neighbor. And he said, well, yeah, but then uh, I'll go even further. And I'm thinking maybe you've got some kids. And, uh, and I said, well, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got two kids. And or however many kids you have, or if you don't have kids. Anyway, uh, and, uh, and he said then, well, then I'm guessing you're a heterosexual. And I said, well, that's fantastic. How, how could you have done all of that? And he said, well, it was by deducing uh, from each question I was able to come to the conclusion, uh, starting with the doghouse, that you are, in fact, a heterosexual. And I said, well, how, what do you think of that? That's fantastic. I have to be getting on now, but 
Uh, we need to, to come, come, come by sometime, and we'll have a chicken together. And uh, so then I'm down at the, uh, I'm down at the, the bus stop because my car's not working. That's a whole thing. But my, I'm at the bus stop, and I, uh, I, I, I go in, and you know, I'm sitting next to a guy, and and he's, uh, he's, he's smoking a cigarette. And I said, well, they're not going to let you smoke on the bus. And he said, no, no, there's a. There's a thing that as soon as I start smoking a cigarette, the bus shows up. And then he, uh, he'd smoke the whole, the whole damn cigarette and the bus never showed up. And I said, well, that didn't work out, huh? He said, yeah, yeah, no, I, I guess not. Hey, hey, what do you got going on over there? What do you, what have you been going through? And I said, uh, well, I got, I met my new neighbor and he's, uh, he's a professor of logic over at the, uh, the, the university of science. And he said, and, and the, the guy says, well, logic? What the hell is that? And I said, that's what I said. That's what I said. And, and it turns out, friend, that, uh, that logic is actually a, uh, it, uh, it's a, it's a series of, uh, syllogisms. Well, anyway, I, I, I'll just, I'll, I'll go through, uh, asking, uh, you some things and I'll demonstrate it. And I, and so I said to him, I says, uh, so do you have a, a dog house? And he says no. So anyway, I'm I'm gonna be uh, <laughs> going and uh, and having chicken with my new gay friend uh, later. But anyway, you don't want to hear about all that. I, I I don't like coffee, and I've been having it for a while. And I I'd like to try instead something that has masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and literally nothing else. Well, I have some great news for you, friend. You can, with your chicken, have some Mudwater Coffee Alternative, which has all of those things in it. If you go to uh, muddywatersoffreedom.com slash mud, you can get some Mudwater today and start that experience. Matt? We are, we are going to get sued at some point <laughs> by the estate of Norm MacDonald for you doing this every week um i feel like you could tell jokes no <laughs> i mean verbatim um, <laughs> <It's> a... <coughs> yeah i guess verbatim maybe not you make that i mean if you say it like that that sounds like i'm stealing it i mean that's joe biden running for president in 88 um wow wow no you're right no i didn't really think of it that way speaking of joe biden speaking of biden (laughs) he's in some hot water huh yeah he's uh plagiarizing nixon um (laughs) yes (laughs) he's plagiarizing nixon because he said that uh we're gonna be getting rid of cancer fantastic not many people watching this show probably remember nixon saying that we were going to rid the world of cancer yep. in 1970 something um yep. but uh yeah today uh over the last week he said my message today is this we can do this i promise you we can do this much like he said about covid uh yes by- <laughs> all those we lost all those we miss we can end cancer as we know it and when asked how it was going to be done, he said, Fauci is looking into a vaccine. 
Oh wait, actually, we have a hold on. We wait, sit here. Say it again. Hold on, wait. Okay. Uh, when, uh, asked, when asked how it was going to be done, he said Fauci is looking into a vaccine. <laughs> so I, I, I love that he ran on. We're going to shut down the virus. That clearly has not happened. More people have died of COVID under the first year of Joe Biden than under the first year of COVID. And uh, and he uh, or, or I guess the second year of COVID or whatever, uh, the first year of the outbreak of COVID in the U.S. And um, and and uh, so that's we're not doing, we're getting rid of cancer. And now what I'm hearing is and you actually so have so much to eat. Way easier. So much easier. Way easier. Which, by the way, if you talk cancer. to an oncologist and say, like, well, how are we going to cure cancer? You can watch the anger well up in their face because cancer is actually like so many different diseases that or, or different types of cancer, different things that caused it. So it's like saying, how are you going to stop accidents? What kind of accidents? Like it's it like it's it's important. So. Now what they're saying is, well, his goal actually is to have cancer uh, within the next 30 years or something like that. And it was like, but that's not what he said. He said end cancer, which indicates not 30 years and not having, but rather ending it. And now ish. We have to we have to be clear uh, when yes. Spike is saying having he means cut and halve ha- having is Biden halving. going to have have it yeah for for our, 50 percent well right is he going to cut it by 50 percent yes. um I wrote that I wrote it because that was what one of the titles was of an article I was reading and yes I was, no I know I've read the same thing yeah yep yeah and I was like we're going to be saying this and people are just going to say why are you talking about having cancer um listen <laughs> If Joe Biden is having anything in 2047, then God bless him. I mean, <laughs> like, are we really pretending Joe Biden's going to be alive in 30 years? Because yeah, we're pretending uh, so, he's not senile. So let's pretend he's going to live for another 30 years, too. So Screw the it. program is called uh, Moonshot Cancer or Cancer mm. Moonshot. I don't know. It's one, one of those two. And it mm. was something that he started in... He was appointed to uh, he was appointed to lead this program in 2016. Obama said, "Hey, Joe, your your son just died of cancer. Do you want to head this up?" And Biden went, "Yeah, absolutely, because we're yes. out of here in six months, and <laughs> I'm not going to have to deal with it anymore." Yes. Um, and now he's like, "Well." I couldn't, I couldn't beat COVID and I'm really messing up a lot of other things that I promised too. So now I'm just going to bring out this program that I worked on for half a year in 2016. And I'm just going to say, yeah, let's do that. Let's work on that. Yeah. So government war on drugs, empowered drug cartels, more addiction, more overdoses, uh, the war on terrorism has destabilized entire parts of the planet, uh, empowered terrorist groups around the world, more terrorism. The war on poverty has uh, enmeshed 
tens of millions of American households into uh, permanent uh, stratification of, of their level of income into poverty or near poverty. Uh, poverty is, has not uh, reduced during that time. I'm scared of a government war on cancer. Yeah. Like I'm picturing yeah. the CIA injecting cancer into like black babies in order to raise funds to for some like terror group in South America or something like I I, I, I don't I am terrified of them injecting <clears throat> me with small amounts of cancer yes to see if my body builds up an immunity yeah small small um, and, and and the cancer company is immune uh so <laughs> speaking of cancer Stacy Abrams uh has is that can we do that I know it's not like racially. I'm okay with it not racially. Stacey just Abrams, just as a person, it's not racial. Stacey Abrams uh, has become yet another politician who uh, just does whatever the fuck she wants, man. <laughs> yep. Uh, she, she is yet another politician who has joined the ranks of the uh, rules for thee, not for me, when it comes for yes. masks. When she appeared in front of this school class not wearing a mask and literally all of them are wearing masks but her everybody else in that everybody else in that photo is wearing a mask except for her yeah um that is such a bad look you're in georgia you're in georgia where i am certain that many of the areas in georgia are like we don't want masks we don't yep. want our children wearing masks. Yep. And then you go and you do that. <laughs> uh, now, Abrams But then don't wear one yourself, just to make it clear right. that you think it's all a shame, I live, too. I live by a different set of rules than you peons. Um, now, Abrams' campaign put out a statement um, obliterating, we'll say, sure, uh, her opponents for pointing out yes. the picture, uh, for continuing to look for opportunities to distract from their failed records when it comes to protecting public health during the pandemic. And they said, how could you deflect? How could you deflect from this Black History Month event by pointing out that Stacey Abrams thinks that she is better than everybody else? <laughs> On Black History Month, no less, they <laughs> criticized this obvious Black woman who is... Uh, here's what I love about this photo. Not only, again, and I say this every time this happens, I'm about to say it again after this on the next one. Not only is, are, are, is, is she demonstrating that she's above her own restrictions and rules and the things she wants others to do, but she's demonstrating she thinks it's all BS. Because if she actually thought it was necessary, she would be wearing it to save her own life, right? Uh, or to save the lives of others or whatever it is she thinks that it supposedly does. Um, and I think she's smart enough to be able to read the studies that show that masking, forced masking of children in schools did absolutely nothing to slow the spread of COVID uh, in those schools um, because they're kids and they're filthy and it really doesn't matter if they're wearing masks. Look at the kid behind her. His nose is showing. He's probably got snot all over it. Um, but uh, what I really like about this photo is that she, they took it. First of all, she did it. She went maskless in front of like 50 people. They then took the photo 
multiple people, I assume, looked at it and said, yes, this is good. <laughs> what a good thing. And then they posted it. This is their fu- – this wasn't leaked. They posted it on all of their social they, media. Yep. They deleted it. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they deleted it, it after people are like, uh, do you know what's on this photo? And they're like, yeah, a really great photo of Stacy with the kids. Like, this is – I mean, everyone makes mistakes in messaging. Everyone makes mistake blunders on the campaign trail or whatever. This is a – this is – this would be like – you know, if I I don't even know a comparison. Like this is a really, you, this is bad. Do you know? Do you know who's really upset about this photo? Who? The kid right to her left. Look, I mean, he's got his arms crossed. He look. He does not look happy that he is in this photo huh. wearing a mask where she is not. Like he looks upset. I bet the there were at least a few of these kids. What's that? The kid in the blue shirt, right? To yeah, yeah. Her, her right, our left. To her, yeah, to her right. This kid here is not happy at all. No, and the thing like, is, arms crossed. Just yeah, I don't no. want to be here. Well, also, I think probably at least some of these kids, because you know how kids are. That's not fair. Why do I have to do that? They don't have to do that. If I had been one of those kids, I'd have been like, why is she not wearing a mask? Oh, well, it's because it's her photo. It's my photo, too. I'm in the photo. I'm in it. I'm here. Why? 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 Explain to me so, why. So this is the same week that Gavin Newsom and uh, LA Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti. Sorry, Garcetti. He says it. <laughs> Eric Garcetti. Uh, we're both photographed Those with uh, California Italians. Yes. Hey, I'm uh, Erica Garcetti. It's in Los Angeles. Uh, the uh, they were taken. Uh, they f- took their photos with Magic Johnson maskless uh, at the uh, NFC Champion LA Rams Stadium, uh, where you are required to wear a mask um, yes. unless you are uh, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. Uh, uh, Gavin Newsom or Erica Garcetti. Now. According to Magic and both Newsom and Garcetti, um, they were b- both. We- <laughs> they're all they're all liars, by the way. Before yeah, I they're say all this, yes, they're all liars. Um, but uh, they're saying that they were wearing masks before they took the photo, and then they took the photo off. Yep. And uh, Gav- Gavin said that you he had the mask in the hand that you was behind Magic, and Garcetti Garcetti was. He, you could see his mask there, but Garcetti, he went an extra step. Yes, and he said uh, that he was holding holding my breath for about two seconds while taking that photo, which, yep. oddly enough, was Doctor Fauci's advice for being around people with HIV back in the eighties. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, no, Fauci would say, we don't know. Maybe maybe if you're around a guy with AIDS like this, you should maybe just not. Just well, no, he would. Fauci would have lost it. He's like, oh, no, he doesn't have his arm around him. But they're close. They're close. I mean, it. Magic has his arm around him. Oh, yeah. 
And that's what's the scary thing because it's his arm that you're worried about. <laughs> right. It's, you're not it's worried the about AIDS your arm. arm. Right. And so, I, no, I, it's stupid because he claimed that, but then other photos came out of him holding like the NFC champion or the Super Bowl, like whatever it was. I, th- I guess it was the NFC Super championship Bowl. trophy. And, yeah, the NFC championship trophy, whatever it was. And he was like on the stadium, not wearing a mask. And it was like, well, clearly you couldn't have held your breath to hold this, walk out, <laughs> hold this thing, smile, multiple photos, walk back and give it back. And the thing is, and then it, the defenders, oh, and London Breed was there too. That's our, our friend London Breed, uh, who has uh, there in the uh, in the red, uh, red jacket there. She was famously, uh, she was uh, very famously, Went to the Tony Tony Tone concert in San Francisco, where she's mayor, and uh, refused oh, is that to who that mask. is? Yeah, that's who that is. And she was so she's feeling the moment feel, again. I was just, fe- just feeling the feeling moment. it. I was just feeling, she was the, feeling the spirit and feeling the moment. And uh, the thing is, when these folks explain, well, except for Garcetti, but when the rest of them explain candidly why they did it, their 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 reasons make sense. She was like, "I'm not gonna sip." And then put on a mask and then sip and then put on a mask. It was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. So stop making other people do it. And, you know, the people that were defending them and saying, well, they're outside. You know, there's not really much risk of spread outside. Well, then why are they making everyone else do it? And they're not outside. Well, see, yeah, in, in some of the photos they were. But in these ones in particular... They're kind of it's well the, the the one with the Garcetti they're not out they're kind of inside this one it's sort of like mixed inside outside but again whatever it is don't mandate it for everyone else it's one of the but other. like so the ram so the ram stadium isn't mm-hmm. like it's not a dome it's not a dome but it's not open air either right. like it goes up and over and then you have this huge TV that like covers up the rest of it so it's like you have vents that would go out as opposed right. to having just open air. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it is, it's you're, you're inside. It's just a really big building. It's a big inside. Right. It's a big inside. So, right. Matt Hicks says uh luxury skybox equals F the peasants outside. And yeah, that's what it, it like, not just. And again, my thing is, like, we've known for before any of us were alive, everyone knew that politicians d- did not intend to obey their own orders, right? If, if, they, if right. they saw fit, they'd flout them routinely. Again, this drives home that they don't think this is actually – the stuff they're saying we have to do to protect ourselves and those around us, if they actually believe that doing that stuff, stuff protect us, protected us and those around us, they would do it to protect themselves and those around them. They keep not doing it, which means they know it's BS. They're just doing security theater, and they're further further conditioning people to yep. the idea of doing stuff that doesn't make sense to us because they told us to. That's all it is. It's about control. It's not about public safety, and they prove it every it, time they ignore it. I find it hilarious that after the Stacey Abrams photo came out and everybody – everybody rightfully lost their mind being like, why are you not wearing a mask? If you're going to force right. these kids to wear a mask, um, that <clears throat> I find it, I find it really funny that a lot of States announced that they will be lifting their mask mandates. Yes. That, 
I think that ha- like this morning they started coming out that yep. they were like, okay, we're going to be ending it on February 15th. I think California ends there's February 15th, um, which just so you know, February 15th is two days after the Super Bowl in LA. <laughs> Let's find out how many of them are wearing masks. Yeah. Yeah. In LA. After right. their mayor did that. They'll just say, right. officer, it's fine. I'm holding my breath. Don't worry about it. I'm, I, I'm not, I haven't breathed right. since I, since I got into the county. I haven't been breathing. I've, I've, I've been holding it in. I, you know, it's, I recommend it's, that it's if you go into LA anyway, just, just not breathe. breathe. Yeah. Just don't breathe. Yeah. Just don't breathe. Well, Fauci would have told you that because all the, the AIDS. So uh, on Friday, uh, the White House announced that it would extend the truck in a departure demonstrating that the uh, that the, the era of Trump is over and the healing can begin. Uh, the White House has announced that it would extend the Trump era tariffs on several types of imported solar panels and solar cells, which has driven up the cost of energy independence. Uh, even more. Love it. So the White House has said in the past that it wants solar energy to account for uh, half of all, you know, how much Biden wants to cut. They want to have it. They, they want to have, have it. it. They also <laughs> want to make, they want to have solar take over that half of cancer. Um, they want half the people um, to have cancer and the other half to have solar panels. That's right. Uh, by <laughs> they want and what can only be and what can only be described as a shrewd calculation. Uh, um, they said that he wants solar energy to account for half of all American energy production by 20, uh, 2050, which is mm. three years after cancer. Um, the administration. <laughs> It's going to be an amazing time. We're going to be so old, but we will be able to experience the tail end. The be just the beginning. The tail end of our lives will be just the beginning of half of Americans just having solar panels and the other half dying of cancer. Right. Uh, and they have already taken steps to free up more federal land in order to push for these for solar facilities and uh it was a major component of build back better um so so by the way by the way federal land means like pastures grazing land like the land they would be using this for is like they're literally going to reduce the carbon sink which is so for those who don't like follow climate change stuff and everything else and everyone can attack me now for believing in climate change but there's carbon sinks, which is like a forest, a rainforest, uh, grazing pastures, anything that has just a lot of green because that takes in carbon. It is a net sink. It sinks the carbon in, right? It brings in carbon. So what they're going to do is they're going to destroy all that. They're going to destroy the, the carbon sinks, releasing all that carbon so that they can then have solar panels. It's just amazing. It's incredible. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. So Biden's promise for more clean, renewable, and affordable energy will cost everyone 14.75% more this year with planned declines to 14.5%, uh, 14.25%, and 14% in each of the next three years. Why even bother? Can you imagine they're going through the, 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 the uh, red tape bureaucratic hassle 
to cut this tax by by a three quarter quarters percent. of a basis point in in three years. I don't care. Like, he has no idea what he ran on or how to make it like feasible no. for anybody. No. Like at all. We're gonna get into some of this a little bit more, but he said yep. he'll he'll deny the hell out of it, but he said he wanted to divert mo- police money to community programs. He didn't want to defund the police, but he wanted to divert money from police programs to yep. community programs. Uh yep. he said that he would end COVID. More people yep. died in the first year of his term. Uh, than they did in the last year or the first year of the outbreak of COVID. The outbreak. Uh, More more accessible renewable energy uh, that's not named nuclear. Uh, Obviously, he's making it more expensive for people, or at least he's keeping up the fact that it is as expensive as opposed to making it more affordable. Student debt, he's just completely given up on that. Um, And if I thought that he would be able to get away with it, without pissing off everybody in his party. I would bet his SCOTUS pick would not be a black woman. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Because it would just be such a casual FU to them, right? Like, it would... It would right. Well, we tried our best. It's like, what do we... <laughs> you could have... You said who you want. Oh, no. Uh, Bill Smith uh, is the best person. The old <laughs> Justice Bill Smith down in the such-and-such such circuit. The Fifth Circuit. Bill Smith. It's a great judge. Incredible jurist, Bill Smith. And everyone's like, Bill, you, Bill you Smith was seventh. Bill Smith is seventh. Seventh of his name. All, each one of them, a uh, 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 illustrious and storied jurist in the Fifth Circuit. It was, it was each one, one Bill better Smith. than the last. Each Bill Smith better than the last one. We're betting why we're betting the, the eighth one. Is uh, is in Harvard Law School right now. We're thinking he's really got some promise. But this guy, Bill Smith, seventh uh, of uh, of Oregon, uh, is definitely the best. I picked the whitest state. Is definitely. It's also in the Fifth Circuit. Uh, it's Oregon's and not, he's gonna. Oregon's in the he's Ninth do, Circuit. Wait, what am I thinking of? Fifth. Oh, Ninth Circuit of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, the big Western one. And uh, what's the Fifth Circuit? Oh, that's us. No, we're the First Circuit. The no, the, the fifth, fifth, cir- fifth Circuit's Louisiana, uh, Texas. Texas. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. The Ninth Circuit. Bill Smith. Bill Smith wouldn't be caught dead in the Fifth Circuit. Bill Smith, the Seventh, is leading the way in progressive policy uh, uh, jurism there in the, in the Ninth Circuit. And uh, he's the, the best person for the job. And everyone's like, he's not a black woman. And then Joe Biden goes, listen, man, I, I did the best you I could. There's been a, you don't, you don't know. You don't, have you met him? Have you met Bill Smith? I didn't even show you a photo of him. Her, maybe. <laughs> I, I, but you know, I, I tried my best. A lot of, you know, there's been some give and take. If he doesn't. So here I, I hope that he picks a justice based on like the best qualifications all of which would be things like I would like that. But also if he does that and that person with the best qualifications also isn't a black woman, how funny would that be? It's not going to happen, but how funny would it's that be? It's not going to happen. It's that's definitely gonna not going to happen. That he, that's going to be the only thing he promised. That this he person might follow. not even be a judge, 
but they will be a black woman. Like it's there's uh, on on everything you can rest that the the person that Joe Biden picks for this court is a black woman. That's it. That's all all you can that's all you can know in this world. Death, taxes, and Joe Biden picking a black woman uh for it. It's going which is a it's gonna be devastating the la- to the Smith family. I'm not saying that joke. That, no, not saying that joke. Um <laughs> Poor, got it, gonna have to wait for Bill Smith the eighth. Bill uh, Smith the eighth. But, but see, here's the problem: there's a pendulum swing happening, and you know it might be quite some time before uh, a Bill Smith, uh, the uh, a Bill Smith could get elected into uh, or get appointed into the Supreme appointed. Court. Yeah, get appointed, and it, it's sad. Uh, by the way, um, uh, in 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 what may be a surprise to many, the Smith family Cambodian. Cambodian. Um, so that brings us when, to when Bill Smith the first came. Smith wasn't the last name, but they couldn't spell it, so they just made Smith. Yeah, he said what the name was, and they said part of that sounded like Bill Smith, and they said your name's Bill Smith. He said, "I'll take it," and because to him. He thought that sounded like a very unique name because he'd known so many people back there in uh, in Cambodia and not a single one was named Bill Smith. So then he comes here and they go, hey, great news. Your name is Bill Smith. And he goes, wow, this is great. I escaped Nixon back there with the bombing. And in Cambodia, seven generations ago. They have kids like... (laughs) Okay, they don't wait. Listen, when you escape the Khmer Rouge, you just knock the kids out. Okay, you don't know what's gonna happen. Seven generations ago, when Nixon was president, they every thirteen years there's another Bill Smith. Oh no, that would still not be. Yeah, that still wouldn't. He may have been VP. He okay, so he was already like the fourth of his name or fifth of his name. He but he just transferred it to Bill Smith because that was the name they gave him. Fair. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay, so speaking of of uh, a, a legal affairs, uh, this brings us, of course, to our next. Segment. I don't know if we have any calls. Well, we don't. we do have questions in the. We do. Have okay, well then we'll we'll answer a couple questions. So yeah, let's. So let's because we don't we have, have any calls. call-ins, we have we don't. I looked, we don't. Okay. But this would usually be uh, the personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. Uh, but instead, it's going to be the personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. We answer answer a couple of your comments. Uh, moment brought to you uh, by Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. If you live in Florida and want to sue someone. Uh, and in in so suing, you want to become incredibly wealthy, uh, a person of uh, of some tremendous means. Uh, then I would have you contact uh, personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. He will get you uh, an obscene amount of money. He will get you so much money that it'll become like that curse of the of the uh, of the the jackpot winners who almost always end up dying at an early age. Uh, having been cut off from their families, lost everything, 
uh, because frankly, they just didn't know how to manage the money. And, you know, when you go from a, a relatively low uh, income strata and then, you know, suddenly you're up there among some of the wealthiest people, uh, very often those around you don't know how to take that and they become very jealous of you. And so there's often lawsuits and people trying to get money from you. It's actually a, quite a burden. Uh, and if you look, I mean, like the studies show that the quality of life is actually less. And very often they end up with less money uh, when all is said and done just because of the sheer amount of debt that they go into uh, with all of the cocaine, especially usually that's used for because of the money because you think I never have to actually be accountable again. I'm going to do so much cocaine. And so then, uh, you know, they end up with a criminal record. Uh, and then they get out and, and Chris Reynolds doesn't help with that because he's not a criminal attorney. Um, so then you're stuck with some public defender in Florida. Uh, and that justice system is an absolute mess. But for a brief period of time, you will have a lot of money and cocaine. ChrisReynoldsLaw.com. So... <laughs> John Michael Billups asks, <clears throat> what are your thoughts on the Whoopi Goldberg situation? Now, for anybody who doesn't know what this is, yeah. because you stay off the internet except on Tuesday <laughs> nights because you're brilliant. Um, yeah. <laughs> or uh, you've been in a coma for a week. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg was on The View. And since we didn't know this was going to be something that was asked or talked about today we don't have notes um and she was talking about the holocaust and yeah. she said the holocaust is not about race child. <laughs> it was white against white uh it was white against white um it had to do with the inhumanity of man mm. child that's that's poetic. Um, so I so my take on this is I don't think a lot of people realize – clearly Whoopi didn't. Um, I don't think a lot of people realized that it's – Jews being considered white is a relatively new phenomenon. Like it's not like my dad – would say i'm not white i'm jewish and that would not have been like this is probably in just the last maybe 40 or 50 years that that's become like a mainstream thing jews are white that's not probably, that's probably never... since about the holocaust yeah post holocaust <laughs> is when that really started to sink in like well you know actually right. maybe they're white if you think about it but no but i mean no honestly it's like uh, it's 60 70 something like that so no, during the Holocaust, Jews were absolutely considered not part of, not just not part of the Aryan race, but just not like we were an other that were bad and were to blame for all these things that we're not to blame for. And, and so we were used as a scapegoat. And, and obviously in the Holocaust, there were many other people that were killed as well. Um, in fact, the majority of people killed in the Holocaust weren't Jewish, but the single biggest group was Jewish people. Um, so I think it was an honest mistake. She didn't say the Holocaust is good or the Holocaust, well, maybe they meant well. She was saying it was a bad thing. She just, from her perspective, 
didn't realize, yeah, it kind of was a racial thing too. It was a, a, it was a genocide based on a desire to rid uh, an, a specific group of people from mankind. And she's like, oh no, well, it was just inhumanity against human beings. That's also true. But so the, I think a good way to handle it would have been, hey, no, that's not true. Maybe have a guest on to talk about the finer points of it. And then she says, oh, okay, well, I'm glad I learned that. But then they made her apologize because apparently she did something terrible by having an opinion that wasn't based on all of the information, which is neither hate nor bigotry. She just didn't know. And then after she apologized, they said, great, to reward you for your apology, you're not going to be on the show for two weeks. I just think it's bullshit. Like well, that's I, yeah, I I mean to be fair yes. her apology was not an apology but it was wait, you're okay granted yes I I don't think she should have been I don't think she should have been but, suspended like, for 2 weeks I don't Okay I so do not think she should I I I get I get what you're saying like it wasn't an apology it was one of those like Oh, what a blessing. Sorry, you don't understand what I'm saying. Okay. But but again, I I just like and maybe it's I also have a soft spot for stand-up comedians cuz I I and meanwhile she wasn't doing stand-up comedy, but I I I like I like that they just go out or I I like back when they would go out and say whatever the hell they wanted. Now they don't. But um I I just I don't know. I I I I I listen to what Whoopi said. And she kind of flippantly said, well, you know, but they were all white. And if they had all been considered white at that time, that would have been made sense. She didn't know. So, okay, she didn't know. This is like another one. Aquafina. I don't even know who this person is. Some, it's an Asian uh, comedian and actress. Uh, she's apparently very big on Netflix or something. I don't know. And yeah, she, so, so she was in the Ocean's 8 movie, and I think she was in – She's going to be voicing somebody in the new Little Mermaid movie, and yeah. she was in. Uh, I think she was in the new Marvel movie. Yeah, she's she's been in a bunch of stuff, and uh, they were accusing her of using a black scent, which was when she would accentuate certain uh, uh, accentuate certain things. She would speak in like a black tone, whatever that means. Even though she's not black, she's Asian. And now I immediately knew what this was about because they said she was actually an immigrant. She came here, like, I guess, early age from, uh, I guess, whatever country her parents came from. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure where. Um, but that's actually, think, like, I've seen that a lot I of think time. Korea, with, like, but I'm not sure. It, it, possibly. And, and I've seen that a lot with especially, like, immigrants and the children of immigrants. Their American English culture comes largely from what they watch on TV. And so like, uh, what's that guy's name that was on uh, uh, Mad TV? Bobby, um, he was, I think, Korean. Um, or oh, God, China. that annoying dude. Bobby um... Lee or whatever. He would like lean, go into a black scent or whatever. But it was like, we're all the, a, 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 we're all an extension of what we consume 
uh, uh, what we are exposed to. So what we consume on TV and in media, what we watch on social media, uh, what we grew up with around our, our, our friends and, and loved ones and associates. And that influences how we speak, how we interact, and, and all of these things. If we've reached a point where someone has to apologize for sometimes, you know, having a little, like, street vibe to the way they respond to something like i maybe we i guess that means we've we must have already have cancer since that's uh since that's what we're worried if, about if, I, if I, people I, are upset about aquafina i've got some hillary clinton videos to show you um really really well that was like the uh, joe rogan thing like if you're mad that joe rogan in context and attempting to make a point uh, uh, said the N-word, which he now says he wishes he hadn't and, he's, and he apologized for. Joe Biden, like, in the Senate, used the N-word a few times. Again, not like, I hate, mm, but like... N-words. Using, yeah, I hate N-words. Like, reading it from something, which apparently now you can't do. Anyway, the Whoopi Goldberg thing, what she said was kind of ham-handed. It wasn't true. They could have had someone on. I think I think this... This idea of punishing people even after they apologize, even if the apology is not that great. Punishing people for saying something that came out of maybe not fully understanding something or having a difference in context. It's like, no, you did the bad. You said the bad thing and you have to be punished even though you didn't hurt anyone or do anything wrong. I, I just I don't like it. That's what I think about that. I don't yeah, I don't like it. Either. Like and I, I agree with you on this totally. Um like do i like what she said no but i don't like no most of what she says uh <laughs> i've been canceling she... Op- uh, whoopee for years whoopee. i i mean i have i haven't watched anything whoopee goldberg has been a part of since sister act two um with, with uh, because... that, that one had uh lauren hill yes it did it did have lauren hill Yep. Um, I had to think about that. I was like, yeah, no, I did. Um, they actually, yeah, they like invited those, her, they, they invited her to be, they cast her for the first one, but she made it to the second one. I feel like that's a Lauren Hill reference. Yes. That, see, just like you don't get my real big fish yes. reference yeah. <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. I am. The only reason I found out about Lauren Hill was because Don Imus lost his job. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, that was how I found out who Lauren Hill was. Because um, <laughs> that was news. Um, they've been canceling people forever. Uh, so, like, I don't, I don't think people should lose their jobs over things they say. Whoopi had an opinion. Joe Rogan was doing the exact same thing that Joe Biden did on the Senate floor. Uh, I'm not going to say that Joe Biden has never said that word in private. To corn pop. I would, I wouldn't bet he hasn't said that word in private to corn pop or to countless other people uh, while he was hanging out with Robert Byrd. But I don't think that these are reasons that we need to try to cancel people. If, yeah. if people are so bad that and the stuff they're saying is so terrible and offensive, the market will decide. People will yep. stop watching 
and then you can fire them because ratings are down. You don't have to go, oh, they said something we disagree with. Boot them. Yeah. Get rid of them now. Like, that's not going to help ratings. That's not going to help anything. Like, that's just going to piss off the large swath of people who watch for Whoopi Goldberg. Well, it, yeah, and it's it's a corporate response, right? Like, this is – I don't think there was this big uh, appetite to get Whoopi off, but for two weeks. I think there might have been some people who have already been screaming, get rid of Whoopi for years, and they just said it again because she said something. And most others who were like, okay, maybe she should apologize and that's about it or, or nothing. I, I, uh, I'm kind of in the, in the camp of she got a two week suspension, yeah, which was to keep her off from having to talk about it for two weeks. That, and well, And that's the thing. Blow. It's, it's corporate cover your ass stuff. It's not, and this, so she can reflect on this. What, what I mean, because that, that's how it works, right? Uh, sorry, I can't go anywhere. Uh, I have to reflect on this shit I said about Jewish people uh, for two weeks. Right. I'm going to have to just stand in a corner, look in the mirror, and say, Oh, you, whoopee, you, you know better. The Jews, they're not, they weren't considered white back then. And then do that repeatedly. I, I, for stole, two weeks. I stole your name. I stole your name. I stole your name. My name's Karen Johnson, and uh, yep. I used Goldberg yep. to get it in the door. Um, Which but... is funny. That's a funny joke. I always found that funny. Oh, I changed my name to Goldberg because I, I, I figured that would help my comedy career. That's funny. Do you know what so... her original stand-up name was? No. Whoopi Cushion. Oh, that's not nearly as funny as Whoopi Goldberg. And so when she started going for acting gigs, she didn't want to go as Whoopi Cook, like her mom or something said, you probably should change that for a more professional thing. So she went with Goldberg. I love it. (laughs) I love it. I think that's hilarious. That's a funny joke. It's like, oh, are you? I I, I mean, I could be the casting person and I go, well, because I'm Jewish. And I'd say, what's your name? Oh, Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, I didn't. Oh, you're Jewish? No, no, I changed it so I could help me in showbiz. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Uh, super fan Sarah Anderig uh, uh, makes a very good point here. She says, uh, I don't like what she said because I think she did know better, which could very well be true. Uh, but I also don't think she should be suspended for it. Uh, people have been blatantly anti-Semitic and left untouched. Uh, it was just words. Who cares? And that's a good point. Like, there are some straight-up anti-Semitic people who have said, like, bad things about Jewish people, not just individually, but, like, as a class of people. Uh, and, yes, I am talking about Nick Cannon. And... Uh, and I listen, Nick Cannon didn't say what he wants. And I don't really care about that. I, I, whether she knew it or not, Whoopi Goldberg was not saying Jews are bad or the Holocaust was good. She would made a ham handed statement about, oh, well, Jews are white or whatever. This is, this is the thing to be mad about. I'm glad again, that we have already halved cancer. Um, and half did more of the solar panels that we can now focus on this thing. So one more question that I wanted to get to, because I wanted sure, to sure. put this in the notes, but I got mad mm-hmm. because um, I got mad because uh, I wouldn't be able to show the video. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that we need to be able to show the video to get the full weight of what yeah. happened. Yeah. So I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't put it in here. Uh, but since Rob asked Rob Palkovich, 
Uh, uh, he wanted to get our take about the no knock murder in Minnesota. Yeah, uh, of Amir Log. I'll I'll let you say what what you uh, want to first. I've posted a couple things online about it. Right. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no. Uh, I uh, uh, you you can give your thoughts, and I will probably be saying largely the same thing you do. Yeah, I mean, so on this show we have talked a lot about no knock raids. Uh, Brianna Taylor, we talked about it often, mm-hmm. and um, we are anti no knock raid on this yep. show. Yep. Um, and this was another example of that. Uh, if somebody, anybody, I don't care who, I don't care what race they are, I don't care what sex, gender, whatever, I don't care. If yep. you're sleeping on the couch yep. and you care about your personal safety and protecting yourself and you happen to have your firearm with you, if anybody busts in your door without announcing yourself, yep, your first instinct is going to be to grab a we- the weapon that you have uh, been concealing so smartly um and point it and then that should not mean that that is a death warrant for you because you just got busted in on you're startled you have no idea who's there um i don't know if he actually had a gun like they were saying i've watched the video i couldn't really tell um and if he didn't and they are just saying it every one of those cops should go to prison for murder Oh, if he didn't have a gun, murder. If he did have a gun, this is a perfect example of why no-knock raids are a terrible idea. You burst into someone's home without announcing. They respond to the home invasion that's happening, and then you respond because they have a gun, which creates the legal fiction that we have. uh, uh, I forget his name. The the, uh, Breonna Taylor's boyfriend shot at the cops when they when they when they broke in the cops shot back killing uh, brianna and and hitting the boyfriend as well they tried him with attempted murder and the it got thrown out because it's not attempted murder if someone tries to you're defending yourself but then they're legally allowed to break into your house so you guys can do a shootout and no one's at fault that's no that makes no sense makes whatsoever. no sense makes no this sense is, this is this is the problem is that and the entire reason that we have no knock raids is because of the war on drugs the whole justification is well if we knock on their door they can flush it down the down the toilet and you know they can hide the hide the product uh there are people that mention oh well we need no knock raids for hostage situations and active sh- you don't need a warrant if there's a hostage situation or an active shooter uh, like warrant is for like suspicion of a crime that you need to investigate or or so it's a suspicion that someone who is uh wanted uh, uh uh for a crime or something if someone if if you're at the point where someone has a hostage and they're and they're you know they're they're making threats that they're going to kill the person or you know these types of things that isn't what a, a no-knock warrant is is for. That's that's not uh, no-knock warrants are specifically yeah. for uh, rounding up people that you're looking for, uh, or for mostly for drugs. 
and they're widely disproportionately used against poor people and people of color, as are all laws and all enforcement mechanisms, uh, mostly because most of the laws are in the areas where you are the most like where the people living there are most likely to be poor and people of color or hyper wealthy, which the police leave them completely alone. And um, so, I mean, it's just it's just garbage. And I, I think what it comes down to, um, I mean, let's be clear. Marvin Guy uh, is a guy who killed the police when they, they burst into his home. And uh, they, they came in because they thought he was uh, selling drugs. He wasn't selling drugs. They found no drugs. Uh, but he's now sitting uh, in uh, jail uh, for seven years now in Colleen, Texas, with no trial uh, because they have nothing. They know they have nothing. And they're saying, oh, we're holding him because he's a danger. But they know they have nothing. They know if they take it to court, the charges will probably be dropped uh, or uh, or the, he'll be found not guilty. Um, and so they're just holding him. But he's still alive. Breonna Taylor's dead. Amir Locke is dead. Uh, Marvin Guy uh, is still alive. Um, the takeaway here is very clear. As long as no-knock raids exist, I think that the only way that uh that i i as long as i'm trying i need to be careful how i say this as long as no knock raids exist a person's survival depends no let me say it this way part of your survival depends on your ability to protect yourself from those who would harm you including home invaders yes as long as no knock raids exist among those home invaders are the police. Marvin Guy killed them and is alive. And he's being treated poorly, but he's still alive. And we can fight to get him free. And one day he'll be free and still alive. And Duncan Lemp, somebody said. Yeah, Duncan, Duncan Lemp, another example. Yeah. Was that a no knock? Was that a no knock raid? So we don't even know. I thought they shot it. I thought that they was, shot him. They shot him from outside the window. window. They shot him from outside the window. It was a red flag. I mean, uh, is it a no knock raid if they just start opening fire from outside? Sure, I guess there's a raid and they didn't knock, but it sounds more like an assassination, yeah. which incidentally right. is what they did to uh, um, uh, Fred Hampton too. Uh, they killed him mm-hmm. by j- just firing, like, I think, 100 rounds into the house. Um, yep. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's a type of no-knock raid. Um, but uh, it definitely was a um, uh, it definitely was a, a red flag uh, 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 enforcement. Um, so, yeah. And, that I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, if, if enough people realize, okay, you can comply and die – uh, or you can kill them and live and then have to suffer the consequences but still be alive, a lot of people are going to come to a conclusion on that. And if I were a police officer, I wouldn't, I'd want to get rid of the things that make my job less safe. Uh, the war on drugs, broadly speaking, would make my jo- makes my job less safe. No knock raids make my job way less safe and should. No, absolutely. Um, somebody said, 
two week suspension i'm calling zuck zuck's really busy right now he lost like 200 billion dollars this week <laughs> um <laughs> that's a lot of sweet baby rays that's a lot of sweet it's <laughs> a lot it's like all of it it's really all of the sweet it's, do you know have you ever lost so much money that it's all of an entire product it's all like of that product like right? like you lost so much money that you're like man that's every bit of heinz ketchup there is <laughs> like that's all of it like i i could that's i that's 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 all of heinz 57 varieties I, yes all of the very it's the entire heinz line i mean at 200 billion dollars that's probably i mean i doubt sweet baby rays is really knocking much more above 1 billion so really you could just put barbecue sauce in there you <laughs> all could barbecue sauce say, is gone. you could say that all of american barbecue sauce i'm gonna look up how much the Ameri the barbecue sauce industry is <laughs> it's market cap of barbecue I, sauce. I would I would be really if it's a holy shit. The global barbecue sauce and rub market size is estimated to be eight point seven billion dollars in twenty twenty two. Even still. 200 you billion covers 200 that. billion dollars <laughs> you've literally you have lost more than double almost three times the value of all barbecue sauces and rubs in america that's how i'm gonna measure profit and loss now is in the global market size oh that's the global yeah that's the global i want the american Oh, I mean, and that's down. That's down because of COVID. It's actually, it was. Well, yeah, you in, can't have barbecues. It's down. So it's actually, <laughs> so before that, it was almost $12 billion. Wow. I want to know the U.S. share of that. I think it was a lot because we are fat. And Sweet Baby Ray is second largest player in the barbecue sauce market. Is it really? It's what, what it says. That is the only barbecue sauce I've ever found that I liked. That's what. You, that's the thing, right? Like it's good, and that complies with my diet. By the way, if you ever invite me over and don't want to poison me next time, um, I can't make so bar. So barbecue sauce production. Oh no, I was right. It's about a hundred, a billion and a half to two billion. So. That's how I'm, and, I want to measure. I want to and the measure. amount of that from Texas is unbelievable. Oh yeah, yeah. Sweet baby races from Texas, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesse's saying, "I love how my dumbass comment started a conversation about market value of barbecue sauce." It's that's what this show's about. We synergize. Um, so, speaking of which. I don't know. Speaking of, we well, you know what's 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 even bigger than than the uh, market share of barbecue sauce production in the United States is Joe Biden's glaring lies about guns, Matt. So Biden went into New York City. New York City. New York City. 
says here, your sauces made in New York City. <laughs> New York New City. York City. <laughs> Say, get a rope. So, okay, we grew up in a time when they made an ad that depicted lynching a man from New York City. No, no, who, who no. someone who had salsa from New York City. And it was just like, oh, hi, yeah, because he's probably Jewish. And so everyone was like, this was like, fine. This was this was a perfectly fine ad. And it was the good guys that were doing this because it was, no, you wouldn't want uh, salsa from New York City. You want salsa from Texas where we kill the Jews. And, and it's, you know, in retrospect, brilliant ad. Oh man, I know. You know, all this time I've been eating paste picante sauce, and I go, you know, this is really good sauce. I know because they because they're deaf. It's authentic. It's authentic. They it's not they would from New York City. It's not from New York City. We know that. <laughs> so Joe just Biden. casually, just casually mentioning lynching people. I love it. I love it. They can't do that now. It's the, everything's everything's so watered down and mamby pamby now. They can't joke about killing the potentially potentially Jewish people. I'm gonna have to find that commercial and watch it and see the guy and be like, "How stereotypical did they make I'm, this?" I'm, while, while you're doing this, I'm gonna look it up and we'll we'll I'll, okay. I'll play it, but without the without the music, so we don't get the ban. Uh, let me get let me okay. So Biden went into New York City. Biden and lynching in New York City. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> and, and, he pro- and he promised that he would do everything in his power, everything yeah. in Joe Biden's power to ensure that the crime epidemic in New York and other cities, you can just basically say Democrat cities, uh, would come to an end. He said the answer I just want to scroll back up really quick to remind everybody uh, one of his campaign promises was to uh, divert police money to community programs. He said, the answer is not to defund the police. It is Mm. to give you the tools, the training, the funding to be partners, to be protectors and know the community. The answer is not to abandon our streets. The answer is to come together, policing communities building trust and making us all safer, which does not sound to me like diverting money from the police. Nope. Because the last time Biden funded the police. Yep. In order to build trust and to make everybody safer. He was the architect for the militarization of police. Now, yeah, we all remember, because I just reminded everybody, we all remembered before that, because we have a very intelligent audience who doesn't forget. Yes. Uh, we all remember one of the reasons he got elected was, uh, even as he shied away from it, was defunding. He never said defund the police. He said, take some of that money and divert it to community programs. And yeah. Jen Psaki was so torn up 
about trying to figure out how to say this. She said yep. Republicans didn't vote for his bill. So Republicans obviously were the ones that wanted to defund the police because she wanted that narrative to go there. She well, didn't also want that narrative on them anymore. While also giving a gigantic F you to all the people who supported defunding or diverting funding from the police and voted for Joe Biden in the vain hope that he might do something close to that. She was basically like, no, nah, you should have voted Republican, actually. Um, and Joe Biden, incidentally, tripled funding to police departments through the police militarization program or the community policing program, which is a, a so-called anti-terrorism, police militarization. And he tripled funding to almost what uh, was like $400 billion. And he did it by raiding the re remaining money that was still in from the various COVID relief funds. So he did That's the right. opposite. He took money out of community programs and, and militarized the police with it, which is just beautiful. So the White House has unveiled a five-part plan to overcome the gun violence that has been affecting large areas of the country. And this uh, includes, their plan uh, is intended to stem the flow of firearms used to commit violence, support local law enforcement with federal tools and resources to address violent crimes, invest in evidence-based community violence interventions. That's the militarization uh, it, I, thing. Yeah, I, I wanted to read it as initiatives, but interventions. Mm -hmm. uh, expands summer programming, employment opportunities, and other services and supports for teenagers and young adults and helps formerly incarcerated individuals successfully re-enter their communities. You know, mm. you wouldn't have to uh, you wouldn't have to help formerly incarcerated individuals successfully re-enter their communities if you weren't arresting them for possessing uh, a plant or, yes. you know, going to see a hooker or for being a sex worker or for... Or having uh, a gun. Going, or having a gun or, yeah. you know, any number of nonviolent crimes that we could come up with right now. You wouldn't have to worry about them re-entering uh their communities successfully but matt because they wouldn't we, be re-entering them would they have would have remained entered into them they wouldn't there'd be no right. entering to the, the entry would have happened at birth and then they would have remained there uh but matt <laughs> if they if they didn't uh throw them in jail for victimless crimes how else could they expose them to summer camp and employment opportunities and whatever the hell else so that so what i like about this is um it's really just lies. My favorite part is invest in evidence-based community violence interventions. That is literally the police militarization program. Yes. And they have now, and the reason I know that is because anytime they put community in there, it always ends up going back to the 1033 program and the other one that, which, whose name I forget, which is the, the hiring program where the federal government uh, subsidizes the hiring of police, but they have to go through this federal curriculum on police training, which is all how to help the ATF, how to help yep. the DEA, how to help the NSA, how to help the Secret Service, how to help the FBI, and it's 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 militariz it's federalization and militarization, uh, and they always put community on there. And now because they you know they they need to, they now have added evidence based 
and violent interventions, but it's literally just that. So leaders for March for Black Lives and Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. who supported Joe Biden because he was yes. going to be defunding the police yeah. uh, have said that this is a slap in the face to the millions mm-hmm. of black, brown, Asian, and LGBTQ plus people who voted mm-hmm. this administration into office in a historic wave of support in hopes of shifting the material conditions of their families and communities. Mm-hmm. Sucks to suck. <laughs> uh, it's weird. It's like, it's like somebody may have been running for vice president out there in the world. Yes. Who was saying things like, you're expecting the guy who wrote the largest crime bill in American history to suddenly switch his switch tracks and be like, you know what? You know that thing that I work so hard on? And it's literally the only thing I was remembered for before I was vice president. Um, the 94 crime bill, yeah. Yeah, the 94 crime bill. Um, you expect him just to switch tracks and be like, okay, I'm no longer supporting my bill that was the only thing that got me the vice presidency that would be as crazy as thinking that the guy who made it uh impossible for you to write student loans off in bankruptcy was going to end your student loan debt It, it it is the chicken looking up at the fox and saying you know what only this guy can save the hen house. Like it, it's it's looking it, at it's the it's the, the individual. scorpion and the toad. Yeah. Well, well, except it's it, yeah, it's scorpion and the toad. But it's like it's after the scorpion has already like stung you that you go. Only the scorpion can save us from drowning. Like it, it's it, it's it, it's incredible. It's incredible. This is, it, it's it's not just his party. He's the person that did this stuff. And he, he doesn't even then, bills. Like he wrote them. He he or his aides wrote them or, or his his lobbyists wrote them, but he championed them. He co he sponsored them. He co-sponsored them. He was the person guiding it. He was one of the top people in the Senate. He was one of the Senate leaders who was pushing this stuff through. He said, I wrote the 94 crime bill. He bragged about how many people were going to go to jail for it. And then now it's like, oh, well, but, you know, I mean, he didn't. I'm sure he was uh, Barack Obama's VP. It's just. It's insane. (laughs) It's so amazing. After he talked about not refunding the police and increasing funding to the yes. police. Um, this is when he, like many of his predecessors before him, uh, asked Congress to act and pass a bill banning so-called assault weapons and high capacity magazines. Yep. Um, he went on to remind anyone who still listens that he doesn't think the amendments are absolute and then quite assuredly misrepresents them. He said, we, we talk like there's no, like there's no amendment that's absolute. When the amendment was passed, it didn't say anybody can own a gun. Well, we'll get into that. Like anybody yeah. can own a gun and any kind of gun and any kind of weapon. You couldn't buy a cannon and when the this this amendment was passed. And so no 
it's so hard to read his stuff and so yeah. no reason why, no reason why you should be able to buy certain assault weapons but that's another issue to which he went on and um said uh that if you were to ban the right to uh assault weapons um that if you were to ban uh assault weapons uh it would not be a violation of your second amendment right then he went on to call the glock the most prolific handgun in the united states a weapon of war that's like if 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 we're calling glocks weapons of war they're saying all weapons should be banned all weapons like, are weapons of war yeah i mean a glock is nine millimeter i mean well yep. I, 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 it's many different uh it's many different calibers available but the glock is the most i would i think the most prolific uh type of pistol brand of pistol out there in the US. It's, it's certainly up there in the u.s it's certainly up there anyway it, it's definitely in the u.s it, it's number it's as, one it's in as, the u.s it's as common a firearm as 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 it gets uh in terms of uh prolificity uh profligacy what do you say in terms of how many there are and uh and how easy it is to get one compared to other firearms um yeah 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 so when he said that uh you couldn't buy a cannon uh it just shows that either he is sundowning <laughs> harder than anybody could possibly imagine or yeah. it means that he thinks that we are all stupid yeah or a mixture of both. Um, he's ignoring the words of James Madison, who wrote the Second Amendment, mm -hmm. uh, who wrote in a letter that not only could a person own a cannon, but he was allowed to shoot at any enemy vessels if they were spotted. Meaning, yep. because some guy wrote him and said, hey, can I have a cannon because uh, I'm afraid of pirates attacking my ship? And he was like, yes, you can have a cannon. I, yeah, it says... It, it says you can have whatever weapon you want. You can have it. You can yep. have a cannon. And it's like, great. And then he also gave him permission to fire on any suspected enemy. Yeah. Now, I am not sure what the modern day equivalent of a cannon is. But it's not the AR-15. No, gosh, no. <laughs> A cannon was the highest level of uh, of artillery at that point, or of, of I mean, it was the most, it was the biggest weapon. So yeah. it would be the equivalent of like, well, as cannons go, it would be the equivalent of like a howitzer uh, uh, artillery gun. In I was thinking of, like a tank. Sure. I mean, a tank, uh, uh, any any advanced conventional weapon system. So, uh, 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 you know, a, 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 one of those multi-rocket launcher uh, uh, trucks. Like, I mean, that was the, it was the, their highest level of weaponry at the time. Obviously, there yeah. weren't as many tiers back then as there are now. But if you saying back then you can own a cannon would be like saying now, yeah, you can own an Apache helicopter with Hellfire missiles. Like it's it's the same level of yeah that's the right. the you know one of the top weapon system a conventional weapon systems you could own so 
when the Second Amendment was written. Yes. I, I like it that Joe Biden gives us like just softballs on these. Um, yes. <clears throat> when the Second Amendment was written, the uh, Belton Flintlock mm. was already out for 20 years. Um, and it was capable of shooting 20 balls of ammo in five seconds. The pickle gun and pepper box were more examples of guns that were out in, at the time that you could just go bam, 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 bam. And they said, yes, you can own these. You can own these. In one case with the cannon, he said, sure, fire it on anybody that you think that you think is an enemy yeah nowhere in there is hunting yeah well because that's the point of the second amendment it was kind of twofold one was uh because they say against all enemies foreign and domestic the purpose of the second amendment was to fight against potential foreign threats and also against potential domestic threats now domestic threats could have been some kind of criminal organization or something like that it also could have been a government that was completely out of control, at least in theory. I mean, that's what it was for. That was the purpose of a militia. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, over the last couple of years, when I say we here, I don't mean the people who are watching and listening to us yep. and the people on yep. the show. I'm talking about uh, America, uh, actually gl globally, like everybody else. Um, we have given government an obscene amount of power yep. over aspects of our life. Yep. Um, back when these amendments were written, they were not written to say, you, Spike Cohen, can own these certain weapons. Or you, Spike Cohen, uh, can say these certain things or believe these certain things. What they were saying was the government cannot tell you you can't own a weapon. Or the government can't tell you you can't say X. Or the government can't tell you you can't worship the great spaghetti monster or right. whatever. Uh, wasn't saying that. It was saying or it was, sorry, it was saying yeah, it, that. Yeah, it, it wasn't saying, saying that, that exactly. you could only do these things. It yeah. was saying that the government cannot prosecute you for these things. Now, they say, I don't know who they are. I've just heard this my entire life. Um, they say that it only takes one generation to shift how people think. Uh, there's a story that I like to equate it to where... Uh, a man and his wife are sitting there and she's making dinner and she cuts the end off of the ham and puts it into oh, the yeah. oven. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she puts it into the oven and he goes, why do you cut the, why do you cut the end of the ham off? And she goes, I don't know. It's just how I thought, I think you're supposed to. And so she calls her mom and she goes, I don't know. Uh, my mom always did it. So they call grandma and grandma goes, Oh, well we did that because the ham wouldn't fit into our oven um but because of that they her mom thought that's how you're supposed yeah. to do it and then the daughter thought that's how you were supposed to do it so it only takes one generation to convince people of pretty much anything and that means 
that it only takes one generation for people to believe government is necessary in a certain aspect about life. So when we are looking at school, right now there's millions of people across this country that don't think you could get quality education without the federal government's involvement. But a few, not long ago over the entire course of human history, people would think that was the most insane theory ever that federal government would give you a quality education and they would have been right. Exactly. Um, So whenever the government is taking a section of our lives, the generation it affects first. So if they're trying to take something now, we fight it. And if we end up losing it because we don't want the government there, our grandkids will think that the government has to do it. Exactly. Um, which so is why, Biden... which is why, which is why this whole like comply just to get by and maybe they'll stop. If we keep complying, it becomes the new baseline for future generations who are like, why would you not comply? Of course you have to. That's the problem. Right. So whenever they're doing a a power grab for anything and like, whether this is for, whether it's for guns or whether medical mandates, taxes, whatever it is, it needs to be defeated when it comes up. Because if it's there, and people are like, well, we're just going to have to live with it until the next president gets rid of it or whatever. Because yep. uh, the next president won't. Won't get rid of it. Um, by the time your grandkids are there, they will think it is necessary that the federal government handles it. Which That is why it's so important to fight these things tooth and nail to ensure that they do not get enacted yep. at the onset. Yep. And some and sometimes it's going to take just straight up non-compliance, and non-compliance can look like all sorts of things. It can look like peaceful refusal to comply with different orders until eventually they realize it's not. We're seeing that right now with the Freedom Convoy up in Canada. There is no mask mm-hmm. mandate in Ottawa right now. You want to wear a mask, you wear one. You don't want to wear one, you don't wear one. The police can't do a thing about it. If you if you keep pushing back, it doesn't even have to be most people. If a sizable enough minority just a couple percent, few percent, refuse to do something, it goes away. It can also look like less than civil disobedience. Going back to the no-knock raids, it could very well be conceivable that no-knock raids end because police departments and police lobbies start saying, you're putting our lives at danger by continuing these no-knock raids. The only way that's going to happen is if that's true, that it's putting their lives in danger. There are many ways to fight tyranny. I am very much a proponent of peaceful activism. I'm a proponent of counter economics and, and, and Matt is as well. We're, we're proponents of, we're proponents of, you know, uh, defensively using the electoral system. If you think that that's something that's uh, uh, worthwhile or useful to use uh, or using the electoral system to message, to bring people into the Liberty movement. There are many ways to fight uh, tyranny and oppression. Um, the, the number, there are many so books. real quick. Yeah. The number one way that I believe we can fight tyranny, the number one way, the easiest way, um, is through jury nullification. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yep. 
for anybody who doesn't know what jury nullification is, and again, I know that we have a very intelligent audience and you've yep. been listening yep. to, most of you have been listening to us for years and I've talked about it often, but jury nullification for anybody who might not know is you get on a jury and you disagree with the law that brought that person in there, you vote not guilty. You vote not guilty and that person gets off and then there's precedent and then that can change laws. <clears throat> that can change laws yep. never skip so. jury duty people you never like no. I, I look forward to jury duty because i'm like i want to know if i can if i can change this person's life for the better because they're in there on some bullshit drug charge and i can say not guilty and they're like well they found it on him. not guilty not guilty not guilty not guilty not guilty and the thing is, as now you got to play it cool, uh, because you have to, you know, you're in there and they go, uh, do you think that you could convict someone uh, for a drug chart? Yes. Do you uh, have uh, any kind of negative opinion uh, or, or strong opinion about the police? No, uh, no. Like, just if you play it cool, you are, you are juror X. You are the juror that, you know, that is the baseline for what all jurors should be. And you go in there and you see, oh, no, nope, uh, no violent uh, crime here. No, uh, this is just drug thing. Uh, not guilty. Not guilty. You're the, and you not can be guilty. the only one saying it. People say, well, but they, there's he, there's a photo of him smoking it. And he's not guilty. But they, he not said he, that he had it. No, not guilty. And uh, why, why, do you, this, why would you think not? I, this not person, I, don't think, I don't think he's guilty. Not guilty. This person got caught. Uh, uh in prostitution sting and uh she she uh is now here on prostitution charges not guilty not guilty not guilty this not person guilty. owned this person had a firearm that wasn't registered yep. not guilty yep. not guilty not guilty this person committed of... tax evasion not guilty yeah there are uh i forget however many uh somewhere around 10 million americans that identify as having libertarian ideals if a million americans routinely were in was seeking out jury duty and going to jury duty because most people try to get out of it if we were trying Every, not yeah. to get out of it and and would go and show up and say not guilty that's the entire system would crumble because what would happen is that their system is largely built around uh getting people to plead down to a slightly lesser charge um, it's like over 90% of cases are settled uh, in, in plea deals because they don't want to go yeah. to court. Uh, if they know that going to court is likely to get them a not guilty plea, that changes everything. And uh, Oh, also, uh, if the um, – uh, so if they would only be able to do – I'm trying to remember what the stats were, but it was damning. If they actually if, – if even – I forget what percentage of cases – like let's say it's now it's like eight percent of cases are, are actually going to court uh on trial if that went up to like 25 percent, the entire system would shut down there it would be impossible for them to be able to uh prosecute in a timely manner which means that judges would just start throwing out old cases uh because they weren't being prosecuted in a timely manner and uh so i mean and they, that's and they like, would be they would they would be throwing out the ones without victims yeah yeah, they'd be prioritizing like murder and rape and stuff like that because no judge wants to be the judge that let a bunch of rapists out. But, you know, prostitutes or, uh, you know, prostitutes uh, clients or, uh, 
you know, or, you know, uh, someone that, that, you know, had uh, cocaine in, in more than two bags or whatever. Yeah, no, that stuff gets thrown out. So, um, no, I, uh, I, uh, this was a, um, a very informative episode. And I think the most, most informative part of the episode was the thing about logic. And I think we can all take that home and think about what logic means to you. So tomorrow, uh, which is Wednesday, uh, my, I'm finally, I was supposed to be doing my first episode of My Fellow Americans last week with the amazing uh, Anthony Samaroff. Uh, but then instead what happened is uh, I had had some dental work done and my mouth was still like hanging and, uh, and it was hurting. And I didn't want my, I didn't want everyone to be like, oh, wow, Spike's back on his show. And I'm like, oh, ow. And they're like, oh, God. Oh, COVID. Look what it did to his face. So I, I just. When Ron Paul had that problem. Oh, and then the Ron Paul comparisons would just go through. So, <laughs> so instead, uh, we're going to do the next episode. First episode this year of My Fellow Americans. Tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, my guest will be the entire state of Tennessee. No, my, wow. uh, yeah, every, all of them. All a of big them. Zoom, That's a lot of Big people. Zoom call. Yes. Uh, so then that'll on. Piss uh, off our, that'll piss off our subscribers. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, <coughs> breaking news. All of Tennessee are now subscribed to Money Waters Media. Um, no, we, uh, so uh, we're going okay, to. Okay, I can retire. Uh, yeah, Justin, uh, Justin uh, Cornett and Josh Eckel, uh, the heads of For All Tennessee, which is a libertarian lobbying group in Tennessee that's already gotten some incredible stuff accomplished in the Tennessee legislature. They're coming on to talk about what they've accomplished last year and what their goals are for this year. So we're going to have a great talk there. And then, uh, Matt, your episode of the Muddy Waters or Muddy Waters of uh, Writer's Block, uh, do you know who your guest is? Yeah, uh, so I am so happy uh to have a in-studio guest on thursday uh he is the former vice chair of the libertarian party of florida he was a senatorial candidate in whatever year marco rubio won um for the libertarian party he was the former ex national executive director of the republican liberty caucus he is the host he's one of the hosts of uh Alex and Adrian's unattended baggage, Alex Snicker, will be joining me because he wants to talk. Alex has been in the Libertarian Party on and off for many, many, many years. And he, yes. as you can t tell by what I said, he has held a variety of positions within this. Uh, he's managed multiple campaigns within it. And he wants to talk about inter-party politics and not making good people run away. That would be a good talk to have. One week before the Florida Libertarian Convention. If you're going to do it. You know, there's really no better time. Um, so join me Thursday when Alex Snicker 
Yes. And if you know Alex Snicker, you understand why this is hilarious. Um, oh, yeah. And if you don't know Alex Snicker, you will understand after this episode why this is really hilarious. Um, oh, yeah. But we are going to be talking about party politics and uh, the proper way that we should be handling these things. Yes. Right before the convention in Florida. <laughs> I love it. Uh so yes, yeah, so that'll be good. Uh, and then join me this weekend. I'm actually, they're letting me back outside. I have finally mostly covered. Well, I mean, I have recovered from COVID. I don't have COVID anymore. And I'm close enough back to 100% that I can actually start doing things. So join me uh, this uh, Saturday, starting at noon, no one, starting at 1 p.m. at Middleton and Maker Barbecue in Awenda, South Carolina, uh, which is in uh, just outside of Charleston. Uh, for those who follow my social media, I have talked about Elliot Middleton, uh, with the who is with Middleton and Maker Barbecue, and also with the Middleton Village to Village Foundation. Long story short, Elliot makes the most delicious ribs that you'll ever have. And if you would like to get a free plate of ribs and you also have a car that's broken down that you want to get rid of, he will take your broken down car and give you a big box of ribs to take home. And then what he does is he fixes up, or actually now his organization, fixes up that car and pairs it with someone who needs a car and then helps them get their license registration, all that in place so they can go and get on the road so that yet another person uh, in this part of South Carolina, which has no public transportation, is now able to participate in society again. So we are going down there, uh, the South Carolina Libertarian Party, and I are going down there uh, to do a big barbecue fundraiser to help raise funds for the Middleton Village to Village Foundation and uh and uh i'm really looking forward to it i can't wait to meet him and i can't wait to meet you so come on down to beautiful awanda south carolina or come on up if you live south of that and so uh john morrissey just said if it's this thursday which it is uh it's two weeks from convention but it's, oh yeah that's right yeah yeah because yeah. next week is uh uh virginia and then when the next one okay yeah yes two weeks from convention are you going to the uh, florida one yeah, but I'm, I'm only gonna, I'm gonna be, so it's weird. I'm coming in, I'm gonna be there Friday night, and then Saturday morning I'm going to Alabama for an Afro Man concert with Tommy Chong. That's also part of the Alabama Libertarian Convention. I'm trying to figure out if I wanna make the drive over there though. To Dothan, Alabama, or to uh, Melbourne? No, to, to Melbourne. Oh. Yeah, you should. I'll be there Friday night, and then uh, and then I'll be in Alabama uh, Saturday and Sunday because the Libertarian Party of Alabama is having a convention that's also a concert with Afro Man and Tommy Chong and a bunch of other artists whose names and me and Joe Jorgensen. She won't be at that part, uh, but uh, I'll, she won't be at the concert. But um, well, yeah, that's because anyway, they yeah. don't serve whiskey. If you want to help Claire, uh, if you yes. didn't see the beginning of this episode, if you want to uh, go back and watch it, uh, I put there is the the uh, QR code. I also put the link in the comments. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> if Matt goes, do not accept any food from him. No, um, no. Not if you have any dietary restrictions. Uh, so, uh, if you want to help out Claire, please do, please donate anything that you can. If you can't, I understand, but if you can, 
please uh, donate anything you can uh, help out. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for all of your help. Come see me in Awanda, South Carolina. This could be a lot of fun. There's a link to register, but it's free. It's free to come. Uh, it is a fundraiser, so come buy some barbecue and come hang out with us. But I'd love to get to uh, meet you, so come on out. And uh, then we will see you next week right back here on Tuesday. Yes. N- same muddy place, same-ish muddy time for the next episode of The Muddied Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events like the middle-aged men that are recovering from COVID like we are. Uh, and so Matt, if someone were to want to follow us or be involved with us in some way on the internet, is that even possible? And if so, how? It is possible. All one would have to do. If you are one of the old school people, one might say, who instead of looking at the gorgeous faces before you. Look at this jawline, people. That's natural. But instead, you enjoy the dulcet tones of our sexy, aged voices. (laughs) All one would have to do is go to anchor.fm I don't know if I can. It hurts slightly less to whisper this week. Well, it still hurts. Well, that's good. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that it's better now. It's. I mean, it's. It still hurts, but it's better. But you're doing it, and that's what matters. I am doing it. You are doing it. You're like the little engine that could whisper. Sure. You kind of sound like Joe Biden when he's trying to make a point. Pay them more. <laughs> I wrote that well, bill. Well, <laughs> black children like to sit on my lap and then I make them touch my lake hair. I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he said that. <gasps> While you're there, yes. you can leave us messages that we will play on Tuesday. Yes. Oh, yeah. Live on the air. Definitely. And if there are messages, we'll play them. And <laughs> you can also subscribe. Yes. And if you subscribe, you get to be part of the muddy Zoom, which we do once a month unless we have COVID. I mean, I mean, I had COVID. So did I. We, we both had COVID. We, we had COVID. And you get a certain percentage off at the Muddied Water store, access to the Facebook, the subscriber Facebook group. We, t- we don't remember the, the discount. We don't remember everything that you... Yeah, I, I have no idea what the discount is. It's a percentage, though. It's you really starting to hurt. You also get a discount. You also get a discount, a slightly higher <coughs> discount, to stitches and glitches and defy the power. Yes. Also, don't remember that discount. Uh, you, also, you, get that you, also, you also get access to exclusive muddied subscriber content and an ad-free experience. No ads on Spotify and Anchor. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes. Yes. Or you can find this and every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. Well, that is amazing. I'm going to go do all of those things. Uh, Folks, thanks again for tuning in and uh, for being a part of this magical second episode of the year. Uh, Join me tomorrow for my first episode of the year. Come join uh, Matt on Thursday for his uh, episode uh, of uh, the Writer's Block. Come join me in Awendow, South Carolina uh, on Saturday. And uh, we will see you here next week. We love you very much. Thank you again. And where we're going... We don't need roads. I just, ha- I could barely get it out. Last I thought time you I were could. doing a Neil Young thing. No, it's like where we're going. I'm almost fully there. 